Hi there, I'm Annette of Arab Africa Coaching and you are listening to Coffee and Stars Podcast, a platform for candid and unconventional narratives about the place of the young African woman in society. In this episode, I speak to Abdul Momen Muslim, popularly known as Chief Momen. Chief Momen is a poet, playwright and creative entrepreneur. He's a passionate young man who embodies resilience, tenacity and drive. I am excited for this episode because Chief has a strong vision of telling the African story. Today's podcast is titled, I Have a Dream. How are you today, Chief? And tell us a fun fact about yourself. Hello, Annette. Um, good day to you. Um, good day to anyone listening. Thank you very much for um, uh, surprising fun fact about myself. Yes. <laughs> what can I say? You've put me on the spot. I had a, well, I drink a lot of tea. I don't know if that's Fun fact. I, drink, I drink a lot of tea with lemon, green tea usually, and so as we speak, I have my cup of lemon and green tea. Okay, I, I, I kind of feel like you have a lot of um, maybe health regime, you take care of yourself, etc. Right? Um, well, is that so? I don't know. I mean, okay, so because I take a lot of black tea, but when I take black tea, I have to do sugar. And that means that I'll be taking too much sugar over time. So I just decided to do the green teas and sometimes with lemon and a dash of honey or not no honey at all. But yes, keeping healthy is very important for what I do. In my mind, stay in the in the, in the framework, stay create is very important. Okay. I think we um, your line is breaking a bit. I don't know if it's just me, but it's breaking quite a bit. So I don't know if you can check your network. But we are excited for this conversation, and I'm glad that you've been able to make it for this conversation. We are just going to talk about your dream and how far you've come and where you want to go. So just we're going to have fun here, and you share with our audiences what you want them to know about yourself. So kindly introduce yourself again. What what do you want people to know about you? Okay, thank you. Um, so I'm a poet in a playwright and I consider myself a creative entrepreneur. My works usually do deal with history and heritage. Uh, it deals with the interconnectedness of the human experience. When I was young, I used to read a lot of history books. So in essential, I used to travel through time and place and space, you know, to feel different worlds, you know. So as I began to take writing seriously, it only came naturally to me that my works, you know, explored these themes. And uh, I do, well, I started with spoken word, you know, that was my introduction into the artist world. So I used to do a lot of spoken word. And then from there, I moved into theater. So in Ghana, I started a project called Heritage Theatre Series, where we attempted to tell the history of Ghana through a series of spectacular. Hello, Chief. Hello. publications essentially retelling reimagining and recontextualizing african history and heritage my works are more just like a celebration of who we are as a people and they, they are meant to edify and empower us you know to 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 to, to be able to move forward you know ourselves so i mean in in a, in a nutshell that is what i'm currently on i just launched a month award project and now we're hoping to take it really far Wonderful. So what have you done so far that you are the most proud of? What have I done so far? Hmm. You know, when I get similar questions, I tell people that what I really want to achieve, I'm not there yet. So usually I really don't take time to reflect and, you know, say I'm really proud of this. But if I would put aside the cloak of humility for a time being, I would say that the consistency in keeping to my vision and my dreams, you know, since I left school sometime in 2012, the university, I have been singularly focused on this path of, you know, trying to create epic 
content based off on African and Ghanaian and African history. I mean, it hasn't been easy, you know, it's been challenging, but I have consistently kept on to that vision. And I remember in Kanye West's documentary, the mom said, anyone who is bound to do something so good for so long is bound to succeed, right? So his sense of pride is in not abandoning my vision and my dream. I tell people that I'm trying to create the biggest, you know, storytelling project, you know, cultural and entertainment project out of Africa. And I think that we would achieve that. We want to build a billion dollar, you know, business, you know, based off on African content. And I think that we're going to achieve that. But the fact that, you know, especially even with this month of wealth, that for the past six years, this has been my work, trying to get investors on board and trying to sell the vision to anyone, anywhere. The fact that I'm still running the race, you know, and eventually beginning to bring my vision to life, I think it should be a, a point of, you know, you know, small pride, if I would say. Great. So you have given us just a just into why consistency is important the kind of uh, podcast i do and conversations that i have is mostly for young people and women and to encourage people to follow their dreams follow their live their life's purpose and so you have spoken about consistency How, why is consistency important how is consistency an important ingredient to your whole um, vision or person blossoming in their vision and their dream. Okay, I mean consistency, right? Um, uh, uh, we have to start by saying that first of all, you must be confident in the vision that you want to put your time and energy for. You have to believe deep inside you that this is it, you know, this is my life's calling. Because what's the point of consistency when you are consistently on the wrong path? You know, it's just a recipe for disaster, right? When you are consistently onto something that may not necessarily yield any productivity or any great glorious achievement, you know. So you should be consistent on something that you have faith in and something that you believe that can work out, right? So it's important for us to first nuance the idea of consistency, you know. Sometimes some people may be on a path that, you know, you can objectively tell that it may not lead to anything, right? So there's no use to need to be consistent in that. But when you find that thing that haunts you, like for me, my dreams haunt me. They've haunted me, you know, for years. I, I, I am consistently immersed in the world I'm trying to create. I dream about it. I think about it. I wake up at dawn. You know, sometimes I can't even sleep because I am so invested in this dream and I know that it is going to succeed. So when you are that confident and that invested in your vision, then the most important element to drive, you know, that vision forward is how consistently you work towards it. So it's not just consistency in believing, but it's also consistency in action, right? Because if you believe in something, if you are dreaming about something and you're always dreaming and you're not taking the steps, you're not going out there, you're not meeting people, you're not, you know, trying to raise, you know, whatever support that can make it happen, trying to, if you're not doing the work, then, 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 then the consistency in dreams and vision, again, will amount to nothing. So it's not only important for us to have those dreams and those aspirations we must be consistent in the effort that we put into it. So for me, for example, since I announced my vision of doing this Mansa World project, back then I said I wanted to do a big production on Africa's richest man called Mansa Musa. I announced that sometime in 2018, right? I have been on this, you know, I've been talking to people. I have sold my idea to whoever would, you know, believe in me. Two years ago, I found a group of investors. I found one or two investors who appeared serious, who wanted to introduce a vision to their friends. We've been back and forth. I'm literally in their house every day at their office every day, talking to them. Sometimes I can go the whole day only to meet them and talk to them for one minute. At any point, this could have just pissed me off. I could have just like, look, these people, they are not making as much time as I want. You know, I, I could have just given up at any point in time, but I was consistent in pursuing them, you know, I mean, doing whatever it 
takes to make sure I get their support. So consistency of action is important to back whatever dream you have. And it's only through you acting out what you want to do, like Nike would say, just do it, that you can get some modicum of support. So, I mean, I was able to get them to first give us some little funding to do a proof of concept. And now we are going beyond that proof of concept and now discussing the major investment to build what we're going to do and to take it on tour for an international exhibition. So, yes, consistency is really important. Consistency of action, most important in all the elements. Something which is really important because what I see for a lot of young people is that as for the dreams, they are there, ideas are there. But for many people to be able to step out of that dreaming state, to actually come into the action state is where the challenge is. So you will see that um, there are very few people going out there to implement their dreams, etc. because they are afraid of being judged, what people will say about them, what if I don't succeed, etc. So what you are saying about consistency of action is extremely important. I don't know how to hammer. It's extremely important for anybody who is um, who has ideas, who knows that what they are doing is viable. And the funny thing is, sometimes when God has given you a dream or there is a vision, God has put within your bosom a dream or an idea that you have to do and you don't do it, you are sitting on it a year or two. By the time you open your eyes, someone will be implementing this same dream and you'll be telling people, oh, I had this idea, whatever it is. So for anybody who is sitting on their dream and they know that this is an idea that um, haunts them, there's something that they must do and they're just afraid. What within your experience has helped you to overcome the state of um, the your have have helped you to move from that first step of just dreaming to going into action. Well, what are you afraid of? You know, I, like for me, fear has never been even in my 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 mind frame. Look, we have limited time to live on in this world, right? We we came individually and we live individually and. We are mandated to live each moment, you know, to the to the fullest. So when you're afraid, what are you afraid of? That yes, you so you you start and you fail, and people say you failed, <laughs> and so what? You know, so for me, I think the one good strategy to go through life with is the and so what philosophy, right? If you're doing something, and so what philosophy? If if it doesn't happen, and so what? You know, <laughs> at the end of the day, really, what matters is you and your, your creator and the purpose that he has put you in this world to fulfill, you know, both your moral, your spiritual, as well as your contribution to this earthly space that we have. So for me, I always tell people that fear should not be part of your consideration because, and so what? If you fail, and so what? You pick up yourself and you keep going. I tell people, look, I've been an entrepreneur since I was in senior, uh, junior high school. Up until now, none of my entrepreneurial projects have been profitable. Everything I have done in terms of profitability has failed. But you see, that you only see failure if you define failure just as profitability. Even though financially my projects may not have succeeded, but there are other metrics in which they succeeded. I built confidence. I built important networks. I built important experiences. So it is important for us to spread out our understanding of success to cover various other metrics. And the more I failed, the bigger I dreamed. The more I, let me contextualize it. The more I failed in terms of the business, the bigger my ambitions grew. So my point is that, yes, financially may be just one aspect of the pillars, but look at the other things that you benefit when you actually move out there and try. So for people being reticent and being reluctant to pursue their dreams, the first thing I'll tell you is that if you don't pursue those dreams, and so what, what will happen, you know, if you failed in those dreams? But also, most importantly, understand success to cover many other areas beyond financial success. You will definitely succeed at something if you take a step. You succeed in meeting someone who can show you someone who can direct you to someone. My, the, the only re, re reason why I'm here, and I was able to convince, and, and I'm working with some of the top CEOs in Ghana. 
is because I spoke with someone, I did something with someone, and that person introduced me to that other person. This is just the way of life. You know, I think that I can't say that you know, so if you don't make an effort, you would never see what opportunities are out there. So if you are in your little corner and you're afraid that, oh, if I move, this will happen, you would never ever see the opportunities out there. So unless you take a step, unless you get onto the journey, you will not know what doors are available for you to open, what windows are available for you, what little openings are available for you to open. So for me, discard fear in your lexicon and just move towards your dreams. And the more you move towards your dreams, the more your universe will bring those dreams closer you know, to you. So I really want to move away from this point, but I, you just said something again that um, is a trigger for a lot of people because you just said that it's important for people to understand success to um, cover different aspects beyond financial. I get that. But for many people living within the African um, society, there is a lot of talk about survival. Survival is the basic, like people have not gone beyond that. And so for most people, what their fear is, is also mostly because um, they have a fear of living in poverty or not succeed, you know, becoming whatever it is. So now, instead of being ambitious and doing something, they would rather take a simple job that pays them just enough to feed themselves and create a small family and just live their life and die. Why should they come and suffer? Why should I have a dream? And so I ask you for somebody has this mindset because of this aspect of poverty. How do you maneuver this? Well, that, you know, from just from my, my personal philosophies, it, not, not everyone in this world will, will be ambitious. You know, there are people who are outliers who have to always take the risks to open, you know, the frontiers of social, you know, of our societal progress. So if your cup of tea is to find yourself a little place, you know, to get yourself some work to do for survival, well, that is your cup of tea. You know, no, I'm, not, I'm not sure we should also force people into paths that, you know, they, are, they may not be built for. But however, there are different strategies. You know, I know that there are some people who find work to do just to put food on the table while still pursuing their dreams. So it depends on the kind of audience that we are speaking to. If we are speaking to someone who doesn't really want to take math tricks, who wants to find himself, him or herself in a comfortable work environment, get their pay, and, you know, just live by, that is fine. You know, that is life, you know. And so what philosophy applies to you? I mean, what is also the point of chasing big dreams and big ambitions when in the end, you know, to the maker we shall all go? So, and so what? So if that is your path, that is fine. So far as you can, you know, make a living out of it and, you know, take care of you, at least at a subsistence level, that is okay. But if you are also that person who is ambitious, you know, who wants to really move out there and achieve, then you are also you are in a different demographic. For that person, the only advice we can give you is that then you cannot sit on your horse because if you do so, you become very, very frustrated. If you feel that the strategy is for you to find something, and it's, and it's a sensible thing to do, because if you are starving, the first thing you want to do is to satisfy that starvation before you can move on to doing any other thing, you know. So for that person, if your strategy is to look for some job, well, my point is that look for that job, but never abandon that dream. If you are that ambitious person who wants to achieve something, you know, extraordinary. Some people are in a category where they will throw in everything, like myself. You know, they don't mind going hungry for it. They are just going to go on and on and on and on and on until they achieve their vision. You would find out that, look, some the, the universe is very, you know, God works in mysterious ways, right? If you just throw yourself to the wind, sometimes you find a, look, I have, like, in my career like this, the only thing that has been a consistent stream of income is my poetry performances, my spoken word performances, right? Every other thing I've done is capital intensive. Even my theater hasn't become profitable, even though we've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars. One, hey, see this. When I did my first production, you know, that was in 25, my first major production in 2015, I ended up with a deficit of almost 80,000 Ghana cities. If you ask me how I was going to pay for that deficit, I don't know. 
But in the course of four or five years of running work by JK, we spent over a million Ghana cities. Out of that million Ghana cities, about half of it came out of sponsorship and maybe ticket proceeds. The other half, somehow we had to look for money somewhere. So that's my point. Sometimes if you don't start that journey, you would never know what the shortcuts or what the opportunities are. So I just want to conclude this aspect and saying that, look, we have to speak to different categories of people. If your cup of tea is not to take risks, is to be a, find yourself a little job to do somewhere or a big job to do somewhere, that is fine. If yours is to build something really big and ambitious, there are two ways you can go about it. You can be in your traditional career path, you know, while still being consistent to your dreams, or you can, the third category is the ones who just throw everything at that. You have to determine, there's a personal decision. You have to determine which of the paths that you want to take. So I've given three paths, you know, not be finding yourself in a little corner and doing your little thing, doing a little thing and still pursuing your big thing or throwing yourself, you know, in the wind for that big thing. The most important element in all of these three categories is that you have to do something. You have to keep moving. You have to make that step. That is well said, Chief. So where does your drive come from? Where does all this uh, energy drive, tenacity, where, where does the drive come from for you to just throw yourself at this dream? Where does it come from? Oh, well, maybe, maybe in it. You know, that's what I'm saying. We're all built differently, right? And we've all been given a purpose in life. My drive comes from my complete belief in my vision and my mission and what I can achieve with it. Like I see it clearly in my mind's eye what this can become. I see the impact it can make. I have seen it, I have visualized it. So if I have seen it so clearly, then why would I be reluctant in, you know, heckling myself towards that vision, in pushing myself towards? So my drive comes, first of all, in my, my, my absolute confidence in what I'm trying to do. Obviously, it can also be a very risky way, you know, because sometimes you can be so obsessed with a vision, thinking that it will succeed and it never succeeds. But that's also okay. I mean, life is mysterious, right? So maybe it's just in it. Maybe it's just my believing in what I can achieve and my belief in my vision, yeah? I may, I may not have a very perfect answer to this. Mm, all right. So, who are your role models? Well, the, the concept, you know, there are a lot of people I look up to in a lot of things. You know, maybe you can consider it that way, you know. So, for example, before I came to school, you know, the, my professor who taught me at the English department, I mean, Kofi Anido, right? Professor Kofi Anido. I knew his work. So, when I met him, I was kind of like starstruck. In the theater department, I met Professor Martin also. I knew his work. I was kind of starstruck. I mean, I worked with KSM. Before I worked with KSM, I used to go and watch his shows, and I, you know, I used to visualize working with him. Eventually, our, our path crossed, you know. So throughout my life, I've just had. So um, for me, mentorship is not really like having someone who will hold your hand and sit you down, do this, do this, do that. It's a, you can even have a mentor who you don't know. It's just about following their life and being inspired by what you have done. So in, in that doing, you can have a lot of mentors, you know, in different fields. Like when I was working on my production, I have, you know, there were movies and things that I watched and I liked the way they told their stories. I liked the way that the music was curated. That is a form of mentorship, right? Because I was paying attention. So mentorship should not just be about personal relationship. Mentorship should also be, should be about keen observation and learning what you can. So in, 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 in literature, in art, so I have different mentors in the business world some of the my the business partners that i'm beginning to work with now who are seasoned business practitioners in ghana are also becoming mentors in, in one way or another because i'm observing what they are doing and trying to you know pick as much as possible but the critical point i just want to make with mentorship here is that mentorship shouldn't be about personal relationship always you know you can have a personal relationship with someone that's fine but mentorship can also be about observation and drawing inspirations from people who have tread the path that you have tread you know so for example i let me even use a product like lion king is a mentor to me right because i'm going to see lion king lion king is in terms of the theater production based off an african aesthetic and i'm watching there i'm looking at the statistics lion king has made over eight billion dollars in the box office since it started staging 1997 and i'm asking my so why not us? Why not me? And I know I can do something similar. And so I want to create a product that can be us or even more commercially successful than Lion King. That's a form of mentorship because I'm looking at what they've done. I'm learning from them and I'm using that to inspire me to push, propel my dreams. Because 
you know, what I'm trying to do is really not extraordinary. Others have done it, you know. You know, Disney has created, you know, a whole entertainment and cultural universe. Why can't I do same with Mansell World? So Disney is a mentor for me in, in that sense because I want to create something as big, long-lasting and as, as impactful as, as what they have That's amazing. So tell us about Mansa World. What is this dream? What is it about? I mean, in a nutshell, we are creating, you know, a number of products out of African history and heritage, African and Black diaspora history and heritage. I've, I've said it, I've been saying it for the past decade now that African culture is gaining a lot of global attention. Thanks also to the global African diaspora, you know, people of African descent who are working in the diaspora, black people all around the world, you know, for a very long time, we've been accustomed to stories of slavery, of poverty, of disease, and that has created a one dimensional image of African black people in the world. But we know that there is more to our stories than these painful experiences that our people have gone through. And so I predicted that African content that is a bit more empowering and different would, would gain a lot of attention. And within the last couple of years, we can see that example for music, you know, Afrobeat is now becoming a global phenomenon. Some of the biggest Afrobeat stars are becoming huge global hits, right? So it's on the backdrop of this, the backdrop of the idea of Afro-optimism, you know, a great future for Africa and African people and people of African descent. Afrofuturism, people re imagining Africa away from the stereotypical narratives that have conceptualized this idea of a man. World. So the Mansa World simply is going to produce a series of, you know, spectacular, edifying, you know, content about African people of African descent, starting with theater. And uh, Mansa is the, our our product is named after an ancient African king, you know, the king of ancient Mali Empire called Mansa Musa, who some consider as one of the richest people to have ever lived, who went on this, you know, extravagant, you know, journey from Mali to Mecca. So I'm kind of like just drawing inspiration from that to envisage this new African empire that I'm trying to create. And uh, we are starting with his story, actually, but his story is just a background, you know, because we move through the present and through the future. So we are deploring a number of heroes who have gone back in time to rediscover the lost gold of Mansa Mosa, essentially. So the characters that we are creating in this product that we are releasing would they themselves, you know, open up different stories that will help us explore different African history. So we are starting with West African history, but we're going to go across the other geographical north of Africa and then people in the African descent. So in a nutshell, we are creating content out of African history and heritage. When I say African, I also mean, you know, Africans in the diaspora, black people in the different diaspora, diasporic regions. So essentially that's what we're creating. We're starting with theater because theater is our competitive advantage, but this world that we are creating would spawn movies, animation, merchandise, gaming, and music albums. So it's going to be a whole 360 activation. So essentially think of your Marvel Universe, think of your Disney World. That is essentially what we're trying to do with, you know, the Mansa World, you know, but our major thematic concern will be African history and heritage, but packaging it and presenting it to ourselves, because even I, we need to be inspired by our history and then to the rest of the world. And to the, then all of this from a business point of view to create a multi-billion dollar empire that would create thousands, hundreds of thousands of employment, and that would impact the whole cultural and creative industry in Africa and give a model for people to invest, because what we're trying to do is to also create a model where people can see that the art is really a place where people need to invest in our part of the world. I've said that our gold has been explored, our natural resources have been explored. If we do not take the leadership role in exploring our cultural resources, others will come and do it. That sounds very spectacular. Like I first one moment I just closed my eye and I was trying to envision what you were saying, and that sounds very beautiful. I like that. Now, Chief, let me ask you, which do you enjoy the most? This is a random question, actually. Is it in the writing of the stories or in the performance? Because I know that um, sometimes you become the narrator, the storyteller in these performances, etc. So what, which one do you like the most? <laughs> oh, wow. Charlie, writing is not easy. Writing is labor. It's a labor of love, you know. If I could take, if I could avoid it, I would avoid. If I could just, you know, you, you know, flip my hands or something, and the words would just come. My writing is difficult. I must say, I tell people that I write for a living, but I don't necessarily enjoy the process. It's laborious, but yeah, that is what, right? 
so what do I enjoy the most? I would say I enjoy the most is actually sitting down and watch. So in all my productions, yes, I kind of like insert myself a bit so that my touch is there. But for the last one we did, the first of our Monster World productions, you know, I sat behind, you know, I didn't participate. You know, so for the first time, I actually enjoyed the production as a member of the audience, and it was, it was really fun. But yeah, in terms of the hardcore work, hey, Charlie, it's not, it's not, it's not easy. It's not something that one was. Hey, I enjoy. But yeah, I guess when there's an adrenaline rush and the words the words are coming and you are writing it, maybe there may be some level of gratification in that. But it is, it is, it is labor. So maybe the real enjoyment comes when you're able to see your work, you know, take shape. When you, when, when the audience buy into what you're trying to do, when they love it, you know, when they reach out to you and say, oh, this is great. I feel that's actually where the satisfaction is, you know, that, okay, you have created something that has touched people and that people love. So that's, that's where, for me, the gratification will be. Okay, that's nice. I just want to ask you about motivation again because it has to take a lot. Like it has to take something. I don't know if it's it has to take something to what motivates you to keep going. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 as I said, you know, just think of all that I've just told you. I'm trying to create you know, Africa's biggest cultural entertainment product. I'm trying to create, you know, a multi-billion dollar industry, essentially. I mean, that that should be enough motivation, you know, to keep pushing at it because, you know, something must give, something will give. So, yes, my motivation is to see the dreams come true. And I ask myself, one of the most important things is that why not? If others have gone to the moon, why can't they? They are not made of any special human composition than us. If others can be creative, you know, can be business savvy to create industries, why can't we? I mean, look at an Elon Musk built a whole Tesla, has bought Twitter for $44 billion. Look at a Mark Zuckerberg in his early 20s, built a whole global phenomenon. If these small, small boys have been able to do it in another part of the world, yes, I understand that contextually, the environment that you are also in, you know, can aid your meteoric rise. But if others have done it, why not me? For me, that's my biggest composition. I don't I, don't, I, don't I breathe the same oxygen? Doesn't my body respond to the same stimuli that they, their bodies respond to? So my biggest motivation is if others can do it, then I too can. Lovely. I, I love that. Okay. So now this one, you have to think a bit, but what has been the most difficult part of your journey? This journey, Mansa World, Heritage Theater, everything, what has been the most difficult part of it? I mean, I would say that the most difficult is actually the consistency. You know, because sometimes you, you the challenges will come, you know, sometimes you are just worn out, you just, okay, why don't I do something else? Or like, you know, so really the most difficult part of any great journey is to stay on that journey. You know, that's just the most difficult, you know. So it is about giving yourself, I don't know, I mean, sometimes I can just be in the house for one week. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm literally not doing anything. Like, because sometimes, you know, so the way I work is that I, sometimes I'm overcome by a sudden sense of momentum and enthusiasm. And I move and move and move and move and move until, like, I am just worn out. And then, so, so allow yourself to breathe. Let me just say that. Allow yourself to breathe. When you are carrying a big vision, allow yourself to dream, to breathe. So sometimes I can live fallow. For like a week, you know, I'm just like in bed, you know, just like I'm just lazy about, I'm not doing anything. And then I wake up again and I go and go, you know, there's just so much you can do. You, you, your system can be very exhausted. So I'll tell people who carry great dreams, you know, to pace themselves. You know, that's why building something great really takes time because you can't be on a 300 kilometer an hour highway consistently you know all the time you know you will burn out so allow yourself the breathing space so the most difficult thing is sticking sticking to that dream that consistency because you ask yourself why not do something else why not do that, that why? there are so many things that can distract you and take your focus you know so i always tell people that if you are on a path like me that i am on you have to be a fanatic for your vision because if you are not a fanatic for your vision you know whether slight or rough winds, they can knock you off the boat and you can just give up. So consistency, you know, requires, you know, a lot of fanatism, you know, when everyone else thinks that this will not work, you just have to be so fanatic that it can work. You know, you have to be 
yeah so the the most difficult is the consistency bit you know yeah i would say that so i allow myself from time to time to breathe to recover my sanity and to find my equilibrium to move again okay so what contribution do you want to make or be remembered for what do i want to be remembered for well i guess you know creating the biggest something <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i mean it's not like i actually sit down and think i mean i know that what i'm doing will be in okay what do i want to be remembered for right you know one of the things that also actually to motivates me you know is the people that i work with you know i've worked with a lot of artists over the years since i started doing theater and there's really nothing to show for them in their lives you know they we, we have something called agbana in another way galamsi you know just jump from one job to another one performance here to another and before you realize a whole lifetime is gone and you know there's really not much to show you know so i'm hoping that this production would really empower the artists that i work with and you know that you know, currently we don't have an industry for example in the school of performing arts people finish and most of them find themselves doing other traditional jobs like banking or whatever because you know you hardly find since i'm employed as a writer unemployed and as an actor you know full-time you know i want to be able to create an industry you know in my country and indeed in the continent you know i want to be able to put african stories on a pedestal as has never been seen before you know i want to be able to create an appreciation for our history and our people that we we are not accustomed to so yes i, I don't know maybe everything that i want to achieve is everything that i want to be remembered for but for me i'm not sure it's about being rem i'm still young i'm pursuing my dream so i know i'm bubbling a lot right i don't really think of legacy at this point i'm sure i think of legacy sometime if god gives us more life in, in in the twilight of my years but for now i'm just so singularly focused on pursuing my dreams but i believe that if i achieve those dreams those will be be, be worthy enough for generations to to to, to remember uh, so ask me this question maybe in 20 30 years god willing Uh, that's funny but you said you are still young like you are actually very young um even though we sat in the same class for four years i am actually very surprised how young you are like and yeah anyway so what lessons have you learned so far uh, yes i'm 25 is not i mean 25 is not young i'm in now right uh richie snuck first became the prime minister of how do you call it uh the united kingdom so I'm actually feeling the weight of years at this point. Because at 35, I'm at 40. At 40, you can already see. So actually, that's why I'm actually also moving. Because within the next, by the time I collect 40, you know, I really want to have achieved something really significant in terms of my activity. So that if I want to focus my intellectual energies on any other things, I can't. Sorry, I've bubbled on it. <laughs> Wikipedia said you are 1990. Did you get that? 1990 will put me at 32. I'm 35. Ah, I see. Okay. I see. Okay, so what lessons have you learned so far? Lessons have I learned so far? You know, no one owes you anything in life. You know, I think that's, that's really very important. No one owes you favors. No one, no one owes you their time no one owes you their support so if you are pursuing people for those things you just have to be patient you know so it's a very important lesson sometimes when we are trying to get things from people and they are not yielding we get so frustrated and we start complaining one thing i hardly do in this world in my life is to complain that much you know i try not to complain uh, there are some there's something too i realize now part of sometimes we are so fixated about you know okay so we put so much power in the hands of people so people talk about, oh, my haters, Ghanaians pull you down. They will not support you. Those things are not in my worldview. You know, I feel that if you are compelling enough, you know, you know, things, you know, yes. I know I'm trying to gather my thoughts even as I speak. So my lesson, the le I guess the lesson here is that do not put, give people too much undue power to control your visions and your passions and your abilities if this person doesn't support doesn't believe move on to the next until you find someone who would you know and let's not be fixated about enemies and people plotting against them. i don't know maybe that's a naive way to go through life but 
I, I don't see those things. I don't, it is not really my, my, my mind frame. So it doesn't even disturb me. I'm, I don't wake up thinking, oh, this person is against me. This person is trying to work again. I mean, I just laugh it off, you know, and move forward, you know. So I guess, uh, is that a lesson? I don't know. And uh, yeah, no one owes you favors. So just, it is you against the world. So you try and try and try until you make it. And, uh, well, in my specific journey, especially where I work with people, I try to put my ego aside, you know, you know, that's also another important thing. I try to, I mean, yes, this is my vision. This is what I want to do. I mean, I work with a team of apply 150 plus, you know, I try to give them room to operate, you know, and I try and, and, and absorb, you know, some of their shenanigans. I don't know. Maybe I have to think about this, you know, <laughs> sometimes I'm just like on so much reserve for cause that some of these important things, I, I, I have to take time to think through them. But what you said about giving power to people is so important. It's so important. Like sometimes people actually think that if someone thinks that their vision will not succeed, their vision will actually not succeed by someone like what somebody thinks is what is when in actual fact it doesn't have any bearing on what somebody thinks doesn't matter. When you succeed, those people will turn around and say, oh, we actually believed in you, etc." when that wasn't the case. So why don't you just go on your own path and do your own thing rather than thinking that this person really thinks that. So it means that you are taking power away from you yourself, your own abilities, what you can do, um, the effort, what effort you can put in and the returns that will come from your effort. All those things don't matter because someone thinks that you won't succeed. So that's an important thing that you have just said. So you are, we are rounding up here. Do you have any advice for young people? Apart from all that you have said, anything that is on your heart, that when like given a stage based on your journey, everything you've been through, any kind of advice you would like to give to young people? Well, I think it's in the scriptures, man, know thyself, you know. So know what's, what is your cup of tea in this world. If you want to find yourself in a traditional job opportunity, yeah, that's fine. You work and work towards it. You know, if you are cautiously ambitious, let me put it that way, you know, find what works, you know, find your traditional path and still work to your dreams. You, If you're an outlier and, you know, you don't fear the risk and you want to throw yourselves into the storm, please do so. So whatever path you take, you know, be true to that path and, and, and be consistent, you know, it's, it's really very important, you know, be consistent if you are towing a traditional, be consistent if you are towing a non-traditional path. I personally believe that we're not all meant to be entrepreneurs. If everyone is an entrepreneur, then who, who will be the managers, right? So know yourself, know what you're good at. And to do so, you have to expose yourself at, as, as early as possible. So when I speak to especially young students in schools, I tell them that don't go through school and the only thing you did is your academics, right? Try, I don't know, take a leadership position, you know, volunteer for something. Until you expose yourself, you would not know, you may not necessarily know what you're good at, right? Some, some of the things some of us are doing today is not because we planned it. You know, I never planned that I was going to create a, a pursue a career in the art. You know, I just threw myself to so many things and this door just opened and I just followed it and I never looked back you know so yeah yeah be true for, you know find out what works for you be consistent you know in your dreams and uh, yeah pursue your own path and, you know, and just whatever you're doing do it well and build and build a good reputation is very important you know in my career path as a power you know I've never taken my phone to call someone say give me a job here or let, let me come and perform here it's just the quality at the panetone or someone sees me somewhere say okay i want to, i want you to come here you know so if you actually deliver if you are if you deliver because in our part of the world there's so much mediocrity sometimes that if you just distinguish yourself with excellence alone that is already a value selling point you know because when people want that excellence when people want that quality you become the reference point and and let's let's also tone down hype in our day and age you know people are quick to claim so many successes so many hypes you know you know i won this award here this 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 this, this you know packed so many awards that doesn't mean anything so let's be mindful of of, of 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 hype you know yeah i know that sometimes you have to brand yourself and position yourself but you know uh, someone said be quick to announce don't be quick to announce 
you know, process, but resolve or something like that. So let's also not, not get ourselves lost in this hype. Let's, let's aim for true, true, tangible achievements, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I, I get lost in my own thoughts, but I think that, that I mean, in order that someone can do something. I mean. These are wonderful things you have said, and I like the part about mediocrity. I'm actually planning a, a, a podcast a podcast with someone on the subject because um, he says that he finds it a lot in our context that when you do a little thing and people just want to hype you but the conversation we've just had shows that there is not much um, excellence and people are not really distinguishing themselves so when you do just a little thing you automatically stand out but that is an advantage because then the place is not crowded yet. So why don't you just start and do what you can do whilst there is the chance? Go for it. Yeah, I mean, that's as you said, you know, people are easily impressed now about the door. So you have to set your standards high. So even though what the people were, well, people saw my show, they really loved that this is great. But for me, this is just about half of how my competition is not what is happening locally. My competition is what is happening internationally. I want to go and I want to even be better than them. So let's set the bar high. Yes. Okay. So thank you very much for this podcast. We've reached the fun part, which is called the numbers games. So we have um, questions one to a hundred. You choose any five random numbers. They have corresponding questions and we'll ask them as fast as we can. It's just fun questions just to know you a bit better. And so, if you're ready, just give me your five random numbers, and then I will tell 100. you the question. Oh, okay, right. This is really random. <laughs> yes, 100. I'll take all the five questions. Sir, I, 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 I thought you were asking the question. I'm asking the question. No, no. You give me all the five questions so that I can ask uh, you. Okay, so... Hundred. Mm -hmm. One. I knew that. <laughs> Fifty. Fifty. Okay. Twenty-five. Okay. Seventy-five. Seventy-five. These are really random. Okay. Question number hundred says, "What is it again? I have to really. What cartoon do you like to watch?" I mean, I love animations a lot, actually. I think my last really favorite animation was Coco. It was a Disney production. I think it's a Coco. Ah, yes. Coco, it's yes. Something like the day of the day, the next end of the day. Yes. So, yes. Yes, the shoemaker and the music. Yes. I really love that. Yes. So Fantastic storytelling. Okay, continue. Yes. Yes, I love that a lot. So, question number one, I've already asked you. Who is your role model? So, you have to choose another number. Okay, two. Okay. What advice would you give to your younger self? Advice like my younger self. Because sometimes I feel that if I prescribe an advice to my younger self, I won't be where I am. <laughs> so, keep doing what you are doing. <laughs> You know, your life is just so much interconnection and zigzag, you know. What if I had taken another road? I'm happy with where I am now. But I'll say keep, 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 keep going. All right. Be so better 50, at what you've been previously. Okay, fine. 50, would you rather trade intelligence for looks or looks for intelligence? It's a bad question. There's no, there's no in-between, eh? <laughs> I'll go for intelligence because intelligence you can find you, you can find an intelligent way to look good even if you are not in doubt. You know, you know, if someone looks good and they are dumb, it just appreciates them exactly. You know, so it's not it's not it's not even a no-brainer. You can look good, yes, first impression, but immediately you open your mouth, no matter how good you look, you sound dumb. You know, you just so I would go with it. Hey, but there's been one like that in American history. They had a president, I forget the name. They had a president that just looked good, so everything was voted, but was not really <laughs> that. And they knew. Yeah. 
they knew so like, like long time ago <laughs> it will just take you so far but eventually you found out as a fraud yeah okay so 75 which is our last one is um well are you an introvert or an extrovert i, I didn't think i would qualify as an introvert i think that i'm extrovert sometimes i'm introverted but mostly i'm an extrovert all right <laughs> okay so chief this is where we come to the end of this podcast i've truly enjoyed it and i've also learned a lot um if there's something that you want to say as we come to the end of this podcast the floor is open i just give like one minute for you to say uh, yes, thank you for for having me i mean i hope that you share the uh words that someone can take away from and by saying that, hey, you have to be a part for your vision, you have to be in your dreams, but most importantly, thank you very much. All right, so thank you so much, Chief, for coming, and I've learned a lot. I think that one of the few things that I've taken away from you is, um, why not me? You see a lot of people doing amazing things out there. They breathe the same air as you they they are human just like you and so why not me and i have learned so much from your ideas i just want to say also a big congratulations to you for how far you've come i know the vision is big but your consistency has actually paid off in many ways than one and you have done great thank you so much for joining me here on coffee and stars with me annette of arab africa Let's keep doing great things and live beautiful. Cheers.